welcome back to Wish Upon a Star, Woo! the unofficial Disney Song by Song podcast. This is episode three now, Ooh. and I, Frodo the Lawyer, am once again joined by my co-host, Amanda. Hi! Episode three. Yeah. And so, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, the third song, which is not a song that I had heard of before this. Did you, I don't know what you had heard I mean, of I'd, before. I've heard a lot of things. I've got pretty good hearing. Right, it's With a Smile and a Song. So if you've heard of With a Smile and a Song before you saw the title of episode three listed on uh, on the podcast, then you were a little bit ahead of us. You, maybe you should be running this podcast. You were ahead of Frodo. You weren't ahead of me. Back off my Disney knowledge, Frodo. I'm sorry. Regardless, it's a little more obscure of a song. Uh, sure. So it's, I think we, we need a little bit of a uh, little extra help in this episode. I mean, there were seven dwarves and there's only two of us. Right. So, so I think we're going to bring in uh, a special guest star for what? the first time ever in the history of Wish Upon a Star. Yeah, a guest star. Can, ooh, ooh, um, can, we, get, can we get Walt Disney? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I tried our... Lin-Manuel Miranda. No. I tried to get our, our f- friend of the podcast, Zach Efron, on the line. Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately... I didn't know his phone number, and he has never heard of me or this podcast before. So instead, I got my friend Tori Batts to join us. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. She's no Zac Efron, but who yeah. is? So Just his water person twin. So, like, yay, Tori! Yeah, the, the, the water person Zac Efron uh, is even harder to get in touch with. But Tori's on the line. We're going to loop her in right here, and uh, she can introduce herself and, and let us know uh, what her deal is and why we've picked her. Yay, Tori! All right, so here's our guest... Miss Tori Bat. Why, hello. Woo! Tori, thank you for joining us on Wish Upon a Star, the unofficial Disney Song by Song podcast. Wait, this is unofficial? Count me out. Count me out. Don't tell anyone about it. Right. Yeah, if Disney knew we were doing this, well, who knows what would happen. But Death. I don't... Uh... I don't want the wrath of Mickey, man. Yeah. Disney did not uh, officially license us, but, you know, this is our profession of our love for Disney in an unofficial way. So, Tori Bat, uh, can you uh, just give us a little background about about yourself? And, and a little background. And, yeah, just, just tell us what, what 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 do you like about Snow White? What 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 made you want to be on this uh, esteemed podcast? Well, uh, during my collegiate years, um, I, I I attained a really uh, lucrative major in feminist, gender, and sexuality <laughs> studies. So, I've sort of forever been fascinated by the. Uh, entrenched gender politics of disney princesses um so yeah here i am to both uh degrade and elevate animated women that's our goal yeah that's pretty much why we're all here i think we can all agree on that all right so the next thing we have to do obviously is sum up all the super interesting and exciting parts of snow white we've missed between our last song and this song now does anybody remember what happened between this last song and this song uh-oh. There were at least, like, two minutes of action, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Maybe three. I'm not a machine. I can't tell for sure. Yeah, we're deep into this movie now. <laughs> uh, but I, I do remember there yeah. being a reluctant hunter. Uh, he, he Ooh, was... yes. Gold star for you, Frodo. Yes. He was gonna he was gonna kill someone. I don't remember who. I think since we only have mm-hmm. three characters so far, it was... <laughs> I, maybe it was the prince? Maybe? Was that right? Is that right? It, oh, it, Frodo. Ooh, 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 no, Frodo. Frodo, no. Oh, I'm yeah. going to take back that gold star. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You can't have a silver star <laughs> to make, make up for it. No. Yeah, I wasn't a very good teacher. Uh, but no, but he, he's uh, he's going to kill Snow White, but then he, he ends up not doing so. 
what Yay. a pansy that guy is. What yeah. a pansy. Yeah, but like when he was played by Chris Hemsworth, that was pretty good. Uh, I never saw The Huntsman 3 <laughs> or 4. Oh, me neither. I was never going to, but I saw the pictures. Oh, okay. Pretty into that part of the movie. <laughs> uh, so, Tori, uh, since I answered that one, uh, can you maybe sum up for us what happens between the time that the Huntsman fails in his task and the time that Snow White gets to where she is for the song? Well, so our Pansy Man Hunter, if I recall correctly, uh in hopes of making it seem as though he's killed a lady, uh, instead mm-hmm. slaughters a wild beast um, and presents its heart um, to all that is wicked. And do we and see this slaughtering on screen? I, I don't remember. I, I, I might have just oh, had like yeah, a, it, a slaughtering vision. It's actually we do sometimes. see it. It's incredibly gruesome. Like like Saw three actually took just used stock footage from Snow White. <laughs> Like if you ever saw like like it's hard to see because you're covering your eyes, covering your eyes. But like when it goes like kind of weirdly cartoonish for a second, it's like you think it's a hallucination. Nope, it's just Snow White. Things get real hallucination-y for a while there as our friend Snow sort of like descends into the heart of darkness, as it were. Mm-hmm. She does some some tumbling off into like a a creepy a creepy forest of horrors. Okay, so you've clearly seen this movie. Um, yeah, no, I did have a childhood. Yes. I wasn't uh, locked <laughs> What? I was pretty sure you were born out of Zeus's head, but that was just me. <laughs> so anyone who had a childhood and watched this movie, I would say, um, would almost certainly concur to me that it's sort of like a bad acid trip. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of running and trees turning into, like, googly eyes um it's kind of like the wizard of oz if the wizard of oz was animated and drunk <laughs> uh, it's not it's not a good time I, I would go so far as to describe it as a, a bad a bad time um bold tumbling into darkness um i think she also falls into like some sort of lake and um i don't know if if she encounters any of our our uh heroic water people that we've come to know and love over this time. Oh, uh, boy, I, I I hope not. I think they'd try to drown her by now. Yeah. Zac Efron is very vengeful. Tori, I don't know if you, you're, you're aware, but if you haven't caught our first two episodes, uh, we're big on this theory that there's this race of, of water uh, beings that just roam the world and control all of our fates. It's, it's very... Uh, very mainstream. Zach Zach Efron is sort of naturally uh, incorporated into this theme. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is the their all powerful lord. Oh. Yeah, Lord Zephron, as it were. But more importantly, if you haven't listened to our first two episodes, what, what are you doing, doing Tori? Yeah, in, doing? in fact, you can uh, catch them all on iTunes, or you can go to our website, which is wishapodstar.blueberry.net, uh, and that is uh, all accessible on our Facebook page if you didn't hear what that meant. So just look us up on Facebook <laughs> or our website. Uh, again, wish a pot a star. That's U-P-O-D. Uh, but if you are listening to this, you obviously know our name because how else would you have found us? Or you can click the link here. into the quiet here. type moment just now. 
Does that does clicking the, does that not work in an audio medium? Oh yes, C- click the link with like if you blink, you just like you just click. Yeah, we need to get Google on. Yeah, that. Just, just click on uh, Amanda's voice. We really do. That feels like the sort of thing that like Google Glass should have been able to do, right? Mm. Like you'd be like listening to someone speak, and like it would generate some image, and you could just like touch it. Just bend their pitch. Ooh, I read a book about that. It's called War Cross by Maria Lu, and everyone should read it when it comes out. It's a very cool book. It comes out this fall, I think. People should read it when it comes out. Do you? Like, uh, I had the advanced get, like, reader's copy. Galleries? I'm a fancy wow. bookstore. Yeah, Amanda is a bookseller. If yeah. you didn't listen to episode one, that was like within the first minute of the podcast we learned that. Mm. Yeah, did you get mm. bored that quickly, Tori? Gosh, I, I drink heavily while recording this podcast. <laughs> oh well, that'll that'll do it. And I actually, I saw fit to take some hallucinogenic drugs uh, prior to this particular episode, given how large a role they appeared to play in Snow's Perfect. journey. Yeah. So I'm... You can I'm give us tri- a real play-by-play. I'm tripping hard. Is that is that what the kids say? <laughs> I think you might be on fleek. <laughs> I think we I, actually might have a new record, Frodo. This might be the fastest we've ever devolved in a podcast. We haven't even gotten to the song yet. Oh, oh, right. This is musical, this podcast here. <laughs> right. Yeah, pretty pretty soon after that, um, our horror is over. And it turns out that, you know, really, the, it wasn't so bad after all. Uh, in fact, these all the eyes that were surrounding her were just, you know, animals who she hasn't met yet. But you know, Just ma- killer animals ready to kill her and eat her. Yeah, you know, I'll be frank. I'll be friends. I, uh, I actually think these Disney films do a disservice... By making us think, like, oh, gosh, it's only a bunch of wild animals. Yeah, like, that was an adult deer. (laughs) Like, I I am certainly more afraid of, like, massive numbers of animals surrounding me than I am of almost anything else. But that that might be, like, sort of particular to me. Is that compared to trees with eyes, though? Because when you're comparing those two things... Like, The Trees Had Eyes is, of course, the lesser-known sequel to the popular film The Wizard of Oz... But it just—they <laughs> can really turn on you. You know, if if trees have eyes, I'm going to assume that I am asleep or on mm. like a bad acid trip. Whereas, like I don't know, a bear stalking me in the wilderness and mauling me just really sure. feels like a high likelihood event. Yeah, and who among us has not been chased by an angry turtle? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But but Tori, how do you feel about uh, you know? Like, I mean, Disney's clearly trying to, to make us feel for these animals a little bit. They make them sort of, you know, doughy-eyed, and they try to make them, uh, you know, a, l- right. a little more rounded than, than they really are. Um, it's possible that Disney sort of had a long-term aim of encouraging bestiality, yeah? Like, It's actually kind of interesting. I was just thinking about it, and the current Disney princesses... <laughs> as, as we so often are, as, bestiality. As we so often are. But, like, the Rapunzel and such princesses, their faces bear more resemblance to the animals in this movie than they do to Snow White's. I think yeah. I think that's true. We we definitely are getting the bigger eyes nowadays. The yeah. the sort of more rounded faces where they were really going for the the reality with Snow White. Yes. I mean, um, they they you know, they brought in uh, one thing they did is they actually brought in real actors and actresses to sort of mime out a lot of these these actions and because they really wanted to capture the realism and <laughs> to, as much as they could and they wanted to make it distinct from the other Disney movies up to that point, which had all been shorts but were you know like. Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, the other silly mm-hmm. symphonies that were really just animals. There weren't, like, that many people in them, or at least, like, people that had elbows and stuff. 
Um, so Disney previously focused exclusively around animals, and in this film, the animals are made to be far more adorable than our human heroes. I mean, maybe there really was yeah. Yeah. a name here of, uh, of just falling in love with animals, but then like the horrors of World War II sort of knocked this out of us, and Disney had to go another way. Yeah, I mean, listen, World War II knocked a lot of things out of us, bestiality being among the highest. Be- bestiality was high up there in terms of the casualties of World War II, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've talked a little bit about you know the, the progress that Snow White had in making it you know, from uh, about in, being about to be murdered, and now she mm-hmm. um, was really scared for a while, and now she's no longer scared because these tiny little critters. Uh, so what we have now is a situation where she uh, she sees these animals, and you know she says she's essentially sorry that she was so scared. And I know Tori, this is something that you wanted to talk about. Um, essentially, T- Snow White's reaction to being frightened and then uh, wanting to sort of cover that up quickly with some sort of song. So what, what was your take on that? Yeah, I mean, so if we're going to set up this song, the premise here is that Snow White tumbles into the abyss. Everything is really terrible <laughs> and it's sort of freaking mm-hmm. out. And that in turn scares the animals. And she is just so horrified with herself that having descended into this pit of darkness, she would do anything to even, you know, inspire even the, a modicum of fear within a chipmunk. She says, oh, I'm so ashamed of the yeah. fuss I've made. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's a that's a, a complex emotional state to be in there, Snow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. shame, having been, uh, you know, uh, thrown out by your stepmother and, you know, uh, sort of have a hitman on you right at age Um, 14 we should remember yeah like i i just think that like often when people want me dead i I try not to feel too much shame about it um (laughs) and so she's she's really just feeling horrible that she's spent any time being upset because she's got like a lot of i don't know internalized shame you know inherent in her being of a woman Mm. um and so she turns to these animals and is like what what can i do you know what do you what do you do when things go wrong yeah uh, which immediately transitions into this really cheery song about how, you know, there's really, there's no use in grumbling. We shouldn't spend any time in our lives being upset. Really, you know, our yeah. our role, our role as women in society is to put on a smile and that's going to mm-hmm. bring joy to the earth. And I... Okay, Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> originally, this was going to be the first song uh, in the movie. So original, oh, yeah. originally, uh, I'm wishing and one song... Um, that wasn't going to be there, and that kind of came in a little bit later in in the production process. So when this song was written, it was written as our introduction to Snow White. Um, so that's sort of interesting that the introduction would be her, you know, like you're saying, you know, trying to put on a happy face over over her sadness. Although I'm not sure if I'm wishing is necessarily a more pro feminist song, since it's like I mean I I'm really... wishing is <laughs> I mean it's well we'll talk about that later. We we talked about that already. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I, I mean. Um, yeah, it's it's her wishing for you know, someone she loves. Yeah. So at least she's. I, I think the issue is more is less that I'm wishing isn't a feminist song, and more that the consequences are so decidedly terrible. It's like, oh, he wanted something. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Death and destruction upon you and your family. Exactly. She... I mean, I was struck when I when I went to go, um, you know, just watch uh, the clip of this song on the YouTube. You have dozens of commenters who are effectively saying, like, wow, what a badass Snow White is, that she had such horrible things happen to her, and she just dusts herself off and puts on a smile. Mm -hmm. That there is a large segment of our populace that really uh, 
takes great pride in a heroine who doesn't get down when life gets her down. And that I guess, you know, there's, we could, we could see a lot of positive in that as a message to young people, you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta rise above your circumstances. I think the extent of the terrible that snow is facing here made me a little bothered by that, uh, messaging. You know, if we were to look at our princesses here as sort of <laughs> right. symbolic, uh, yeah. I, I I worry, I worry about making you know women feel ashamed for making a fuss. I think it doesn't it doesn't really feel in line with sort of contemporary mental health best practice. Right. right. I, I mean, I, it's a real. I would imagine a lot of abuse counselors are not just sitting there uh, <laughs> whistling and singing, um, but rather allowing people to sort of you know process and feel right, their right. pain. Yeah, I mean, I think the real issue is is less that it's a song where it's like, oh, you know what, cheer up, because that's not necessarily a bad thing, like, to say, like, hey, pow, like, try to keep your chin up the best you can, like, sometimes that's useful, it's, it's the being ashamed of it, mm. and the, oh my god, I felt a thing, oh no, that was <laughs> right. my mistake. Like, no, I mean, in truth, issue. I'm really of two minds on it, in that I, I, I'm troubled by a lyric such as, there's no use in grumbling when raindrops come tumbling, like, I think... Sometimes the experience of being human is to is to grumble. But if we are facing circumstances perhaps slightly less severe than having your heart cut out of your body, you know, all, all the power to anybody who can improve their state of affairs by singing. I uh, yeah. I don't I don't know that I improve the state of affairs for those around me when I go like do karaoke. <laughs> but I think I think my innards my innards sing a little bit in positive ways. And I think this is something that the into- the movie itself is sort of a. Um trying to do uh the fact that this is a depression era movie in the 1930s 1937 specifically you know people would go to the movies in that time for you know whatever it was a, a, a penny i don't know a, a nickel isn't that what it was? Nickel, mm-hmm. I mean, um to escape the the things that were going on around them and uh i think that the song specifically in this movie you know, each song is a happy song i'm wishing a one song this uh hi ho they're all they're all no positive songs. There's no villain song in this movie. It's not like the later Disney movies where you know um, th- there's no like kill the beast, right? It's uh, yeah. It, they're all like, this is what I'm hoping. This is what I'm wishing. This is something good in my life. Um, so I think that that th- keeping in mind the era um, can give some light to what Disney's purpose was. Um, I also do what, one more thing before I open the floor again. I want to uh, turn our conversation a little bit to uh, the voice of Snow White, uh, who is uh, Adriana Casalette Lodi, um, uh, assume an Italian-American uh, lady. Um, and she was 21 years old when this movie was made. But it, it, she has an interesting parallel to sort of this, uh, this idea we've been talking about of women in society um, in that she ha- her contract with Disney actually prevented her from going on and and using her voice in other movies um the, the specific the specific reason was that uh Disney wanted to keep the uh the quote is not spoil the illusion of Snow White and I do want to credit the book that I I got got this information from it is called The Fairest One of All and it is by JB Kaufman and it's a really oh, your, your typical bedtime reading there yes, Frodo yes it's it's a it's a nice a nice thick book um with lots of pic- pretty pictures. 
uh, but so going back to Adriana uh, Casalotti, so she she did this. Uh, Disney was like, nope, no more singing for you. But she did actually appear in two more movies after this. Um, and and what were those movies? So uh, she has a pretty impressive resume here. She she pretty much knocks it out of the park with hit after hit. Um, so she's she's in <laughs> she's in Snow White. Obviously, a Snow White. Her right. next movie is The Wizard of Oz. Um, two years later, in which she has one line. Uh, could, can any of you guys think of what that line might be? I don't know uh, if you've yet participated in uh, the song by song versions of, of Wizard of Oz movies. How many? So high. I wonder. That can't be that many episodes. I'm guessing you give up. You're not going to get it. She, uh... She's the one who sings the line, Wherefore art thou, Romeo? in the Tin Man song. Um... Uh, Frodo, I, was, I was literally about to say that. Damn it. Were you really? No. Okay. I would have been. I would have definitely. I really appreciate the uh, the difficulty in sarcasm translation in the Amanda Frodo relationship. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun here. Yeah, we're gonna have to work on that. Um, I think you should assume a hundred percent of the time that I'm probably sarcastic, okay. unless it's about feminism, in which case, shut your mouth. I'm very serious. Okay. But <laughs> yes, otherwise, probably I'm lying. Uh, so okay, so she was in the Tin Man song, um, you know, with that high high bit there, and then she was also her next movie was It's a Wonderful Life, which was also her last movie, um, and she's uh, an off screen singer in I don't know how familiar you are with the movie, but in the scene where uh, Jimmy Stewart is like crying in the bar right before he gets into a, a fight with the teacher's mm-hmm. husband, um, and he's like praying, he's like you know like. Dear God, I really, or Lord in heaven, or whatever you say. Is, is she the angel chorus? She's not an angel chorus. She, she's, it, it's like some weird song. It's like. <laughs> Sorry. So, I'm crying. That was so beautiful. That's the one. Hey, you know what, of course. I, um, I'm going to quote Snow White here and say, I really feel quite happy now yeah. that you've sung that song. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, your cares, any, fade, cares fade away. And you're any right, strife you know. I was facing in my life has just evaporated. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I'm I'm proud. So yeah, so she's she's in only well, she was in some movies before, inconsequentially, but she was in Snow White, Wizard of Oz, and It's a Wonderful Life. Um, so admittedly, three good moves, like like small parts, big movies. Yes, sm- and there is no such thing as a as a small part in a big movie. Oh, I think that's how the quote they, goes, right? They 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 just lie to you about that. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, people. Though I, um, I don't know that I like her voice. Yeah, yeah. Is that we, like a sacrilegious stance to take. No, we no. talked about that in the last episode for sure. We, we we touched on her vocal quality being a little a little flimsy and and perhaps uh, to stress her femininity. So we we did touch on that before. Something I felt a little perplexed by, in truth, at the beginning of. Um, with a smile and a song is that she has this call and response with a bird yeah. where they're both like, <laughs> and uh, there's a, there's a, a point at which she goes really high mm. and the, the young bird tries to duplicate her mm-hmm. and his voice cracks. And there's a lot of um, displeasure among the menagerie surrounding and yeah. I, I just was so struck because I was like, I, the the faces that those disgruntled birds are making are the face I have been making the entire time I've been listening to this song. <laughs> yeah. The quality of Casalotti's voice just sounds like a 
It just it just sounds yeah. like a consistent crack to me. Like it is just too high yeah. for my eardrum. Now, do we know if my this delicate, is her voice? Womanly eardrums. Do we know if that's her voice, or do we know if she like put on this voice for Snow White? Because oh. I don't I don't remember being this annoyed at parts of Wiz- at at one brief moment of Wizard of Oz where I'm like, oh, this is a great movie. Oh, Listen, God, I'm gonna tell no. you something. I uh, I'm gonna tell you something I read on YouTube in Ooh. the comment thread, which I assume to be the gospel Completely truth. Accurate, mm. yeah. Um, which was that insofar as she was um you know an older woman of 21 uh there was initially some discomfort with her playing the role of a 14 or 15 year old so she was sort of asked to to fake it falsetto a little bit so she'd sound younger and more innocent interesting Um, i i think that that's true and i think we also uh, as you pointed out um you know Maybe there's a theme, there's like a kinship between Snow White and this this bird. They both have this high, screechy voices. They're both causing <laughs> causing pain among their parents. You know, Snow White, you know, her stepmother's mad at her because, you know, she's she's too hot. Um, the, the bird parents are a little upset with the bird because he can't quite nail the high note. So I, I think that, that there's no true good parent that uh, figure that we have in Snow White. Um, I, I think you're totally on to something, Frodo. Yeah. I suspect that that baby bird is going to potentially have his heart torn out sometime right. soon yeah um, i think they kill the bird like that's what i think happens after this scene they're like oh this is so much fun well t-, and then they take her the dwarf and then i think that the parents take that bird and they kill it amanda i have a serious inquiry for you as a as a hot woman sure which is whether you suspect that your parents have ever ordered a hit on you <laughs> because you are too sexy <laughs> well first off shucks how you doing tori good to see you second i actually have have had to stop several hitmen in my life but luckily i've watched a lot of home alone mm-hmm. and so can set a trap pretty effectively snow White you know, th- ran into the woods okay that's not a good way to escape a murderer <laughs> i think a spinoff a spinoff podcast where you go through the pranks in home alone one by one <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really speaks to me but- <laughs> But Snow White didn't even need to do that. She she just used her feminine guiles. Is that the right word? Guiles. Wiles. 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 Yes. We learned that. We, the, you the, learned that when you major in yes, feminist, gender, right. and sexual. I should hope so. If you don't leave yeah. with that major, like with a degree and also knowing how to say wiles. Yeah. Wiles one on one on one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I audited that class, but I couldn't. I couldn't get into it. I, I apologize. So she used her her feminine J Giles band to uh <laughs> to. My, my uh, angel is the centerfold. Exactly. To, to get the the uh, the huntsman to, uh, you know, sort of give in and not want to kill her. So she didn't even need to set up any traps. She was just like, I'm 14. I'm a woman. That should have been enough, honestly. Yeah. I'm 14. Yeah, don't please don't me. murder me. My 14-year-old status uh, disqualifies me. You're too I mean, old she... for the Hunger Games and too young for this. So. Yeah. <laughs> Something that's interesting is that she only became the fairest of them all after turning 14. Yeah, was 13 just a really bad year? Because I know for me, 13 was a really bad year. Acne-ridden, yeah. Mm -hmm. She had braces, and and (laughs) she has, like, no mouth. They were just, her whole face was just braces. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Frodo, are you envious that I asked Amanda whether she'd ever been um, potentially murdered for her sexiness, and I didn't ask you that question? Because I don't want you to feel like that. No, no, because we've already talked about that off, off uh, you know, the air a few times, and I, I didn't want to bore you again with my story. I'm all into gender equality yeah. in uh, potential murder for sexiness. Yeah. No, I, I know that. Don't worry. Our, our listeners, <laughs> our listeners, if you don't know, Tori's not a sexist when it comes to people 
being murdered. She wants everyone to be murdered equally. So, um, as we when it comes to when it comes to equal pay for equal work, I, screw that. I am a sexist there. But when it comes to murder, you know, let's let's get an even playing field out here. Um, well, we've all got our boundaries. So I, I want to move back. To, <laughs> sorry, we've gotten a little off track going back into uh, the, the murder issue. But with the song specifically, I'm wondering: Does anyone else have any more uh, more takes on the song? Uh, I do. I, yes. Okay. Go ahead, Amanda. I would like to go back to what we discussed about the bird and Snow White doing the the callbacks. Yes, yes to each other and i think it plays into a theory that i have about this song all right go ahead and bear with yes. me because it's a big one there may no there may, may be no bears here but bear with me right. nonetheless <laughs> i think yeah I, I got the puns on this podcast i think snow white is suffering from a massive concussion a concussion a concussion possibly like brain bleeding Was she playing like american football yeah she went she went for the touchdown and then Aaron Brady came in and just just nailed her. That's for sure a person. A real man. (laughs) A real personal human, Aaron Brady. That's actually the prince's name, Aaron Brady. (laughs) What I like is that that is the name of two discreet quarterbacks. So it is two people who wouldn't be tackling you. But go forward. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, they got excited because they they were like, oh, a murder party. We want to get in on this. (laughs) Patriots. Anyway. Um, good, good use of your, your one allotted. I, I, if you're going to do it, that's the time to do it. Um, so yeah. she's running away from Aaron Brady. You know, she's in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl for the Jets going forward, and she gets tackled, and then, boom, massive concussion. And I have a few pieces of evidence to back this up, and this callback yeah. is one of them. As we discussed in the previous episodes, um, mm-hmm. when we're in the, the wishing well, mm-hmm. um, and she's singing to the well, and the human trapped inside is singing back to her, <laughs> yes. and you've got that call and response thing, this is sort of an echo of that. Right, so, right. you know, we're sort of seeing memories from the past resurfacing in the forms of animals, anthropomorphized <laughs> in this weird way, because she sort of talked to animals before, but not to the extent that she has now that she's been concussed. So one thing I was wondering is, do you, so do you think, from your perspective then, that the animals cannot actually understand her? Or in in Snow White's mind, do the animals understand her? Because later on, at the end of the song, she says, you know, like, do you guys know if anywhere, uh, you know, for me to, like, live or, or spend the night? Uh, and they sort of all, like, nod and stuff. Um, so seemingly they can understand her. But you're saying that's just in her mind. I'm saying that this whole movie from this point on until the very end is all in Snow White's mind. Snow White falls down, concussion, Huntsman sees him. He's like, wait a second. Maybe if I don't cut her heart out, like, she seems dead, but that seems particularly gruesome. Even for me, you know, a 14th century German Huntsman, I'm going to just leave that out. So he puts her in the glass coffin. (laughs) Prince comes along, finds her there. There are no dwarves. Okay. That's just Snow White is, you know, have some issues with, you know... So, so it, it, right and stereotypes. Because so, there, there, there could be two options. So you're saying just straight out, she does not. She, she's doing nothing the rest of the movie. There could also be a situation where she's like in a fog the rest of the movie, and she really is mm-hmm. seeing animals, but they're just like normal animals. But she thinks they're listening to her, but they're really just like you know, like sniffing their own butts and stuff. <laughs> she like wanders into a daycare full of babies and thinks like, oh, they're the dwarves. <laughs> You know, like, so, so, but that's not what you're saying. You're saying. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to explore that option now. Okay. We are only three songs in okay. to this movie. Yeah. You know, so, and I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going song by song here. I'm not watching ahead because right. I'm not be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Would be cheating. Yeah. It would yeah. Be cheating. Hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, this is where I'm at right now. We'll see in the future if that opinion changes, but I 
I think she's suffering from some pretty bad brain damage. Wow. So I guess uh, we've we've hit on you know sexism, violence, brain damage, uh, World War II, and the Great Depression. I, I think we're we're pretty good. Uh, I do want to point out some uh, another thing uh, sonically. Is that a word? Uh, I don't know. About, yeah, audibly. About audibly. Really, really cool music critics use the word sonically yeah. a lot. Oh well, so that, that's us <laughs> sonically. Um, I wanted to point out. Uh, so once she finishes the whole, you know, she's like, you know, singing to the animals part. Uh, it transitions to the the portion where uh, she's led through the forest by the animals when they're leading her to the the cat the cottage that we don't really know who's in the cottage, but um, when she's concussed, yes, sorry, when she's concussed. Uh, but it, yeah. we got some some cool instrumentation. It's actually they the song the entire song is replayed, but it's uh, without lyrics. It's just uh, it's just the backing orchestra. And I consider that the good version of the song yes. yeah yes. no I, I like that a lot better it's it sort of it, it made me think that it was it, it, it gave me a little contemporary flavor of like maybe like some 1930s jazzy type you got some muted trumpets going on playing the the main chorus the best type of trumpet is a muted trumpet <laughs> oh zingers um <laughs> yes, you got some some muted trumpet going on. Uh, I also really like how the animation interplays with that. Uh, you get some use of the multiplane camera, uh, which this may be the first instance out of it in the movie. I'm I'm not really sure, but that was this camera that Disney invented, uh, not for this movie, but for some earlier movies where you kind of line a bunch of animation over itself uh, and then move them around to make it look like things are walking through things. So you have her going behind and through the trees. You can actually see that really well in one of the earlier parts when the deer are drinking from a um, from like a lake thing, mm-hmm. and the lake is like looks like a picture, and all the animals look like animation. It's a really cool moment. Yeah, it, it's one thing that this, especially this scene, really stuck out to me is it's like, and, and even the the prior scene where she's running through the forest and it's all scary is like Disney went all out on the animation for this. Like they like like you don't think of a big budget animation, but I'm sure at the time this was like big budget. Oh animation. yeah. Um, so it's a really pretty scene as she's being carried through, you know, almost like sort of blown by the wind and these animals through the forest. And, um, and I think like, as you were saying, the song sounds a lot better when she's not singing. And I guess that's what, <laughs> that's what I guess that's what Tori, Tori said earlier, um, that the, her voice is just really, really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Looking forward to the next five songs. Oh yeah. But does that I mean like I'm curious about this like cultural relativism here? Like mm. what what was it like to live in 1937? Like did that just sound really good? Like if I if I was an older Tory than I am, would mm. that would that have appealed to my eardrums? I that I mean I do think that it captured the sort of like 14 year old 1937 right. feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if because I mean like I I do think that she's not supposed to be like overly sexualized. I think that's something that like like we see the prince and like she is like in a romantic relationship or whatever but like i think she's supposed to be like a child child Mm -hmm. uh i'm looking uh through my notes does anyone have uh some more things you want to add we we have time so i would like to know how these animals fit into the animals like from other disney worlds like is this the same world as the lion king question i'd like to Mm. this doesn't feel very african to me africa's in our world like we are currently in the same world as world as africa Despite oh, 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 what, like, popular yeah. movies would tell us. Worlds and continents are different geographical uh, entities, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
and they don't teach you that in the um, yeah. feminist feminist studies major but over here in the communication major we learned all about continents you know these animals feel a lot more um innocent to me than do the animals in the lion king i mean but i guess that sort of follow like the the humans in this yeah. film seem a lot more innocent than the animals in the lion king it was an innocent time it was i think the, the more, um, I mean, relevant comparison would probably be to Bambi because yeah. you have deer that I feel like Bambi might be a little more bulgy eyed and a little more um, cartoonified than, than these deer. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I could imagine Bambi hanging out with these animals and getting along. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that the hunter in Bambi is a descendant of the huntsman here? And if so, where did he go wrong in his family line to turn him to such murder of deer? Maybe he was like, you know, he would pass down to all his generations. He's like, I had a shot to kill a girl, and I couldn't do it. When you get your shot, right. you f***ing kill him. <laughs> you kill that girl. You kill that. And, or and then, a dear mother. Yes. Or, and then, right, and right. Then, the same way that, you know, some people's parents are just like, you know, I really, like, I, I got pregnant too young. Yeah. You gotta yeah. go get a PhD and exactly. make me proud. You know, it was, yes. it was sort of a similar. Exactly like that. <laughs> um, does anyone have any more any more uh, notes on the song they want to bring up? I'm all out, so if I, I, I'm ready to go on to the review section, unless someone else wants. I could posit one more question to the group. Yes, go ahead. Uh, so the the animals are all super into Snow White. So my question is, could Snow White's dress be made of bread? <laughs> because that would also that would explain a lot about this. Like if it, it's either this or the concussion in my mind. Those are the only two options. I, I, th- I think that option would would play out a lot more in our next song, um, which is that's true. We, we won't give away what it is yet, so you, you'll have to tune in next week. But <laughs> yeah, um, there's no way of finding out otherwise. Right, but I feel like these animals would not engage in slave labor if they didn't think there was like something in it for them. Uh, so I, that, that we'll see. We'll reinspect that next time. Okay. Yeah. Tori, do you have anything else you want to add or should we I think I think I'm good. Okay. So let's get to ranking. Um and uh we'll start out with uh with Tori. Since you weren't here for the last two songs, uh I want you to give uh I mean if you want you can rank it compared to the first two songs if you know how what they're like, or just give us, you know, your review of uh with a smile on a song. Um I mean I'll be frank that I just really um despise the vocals on this like mm. i would give this three shattered eardrums mm. and totally oh. a, t- a tough time yeah sonically um how many shattered eardrums is that out of well i only like... have two <laughs> okay. um so, so you, you, uh, you so just like borrowed I'm... borrowed someone else and you just like stabbed yeah, them in the no, ear it's it's shattered like, it yourself like, you i had to listen to snow white so you lose this ear <laughs> I grew a vestigial ear <laughs> just so I'd have something else to shatter. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, 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 I feel like in truth, though I launched a major feminist critique of, um, you know, whether this promoted poor messaging surrounding response to trauma, um, I don't know, a deep part of my soul really does like the idea of like, hey, you know, don't sit around grumbling for too long, Find mm-hmm. find a way to smile find a way to make good on the world so there was some deeply innocent piece within me that uh that felt resonance with the messaging of this song uh even if it didn't resonate well with my sort of hearing that's good system i'm I'm glad that you don't feel like this was an entirely uh <laughs> horrible experience um so amanda what what is your take on this song and how do you rank it compared to our, our first two contenders uh 
I have mixed feelings, except that all of them are bad, so they're not mixed at all. I just, <laughs> I just, like, two out of ten poison apples? I don't know. This is just, like, maybe three. I'll give it three. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I do like, I like the baby animals. And then how does that compare, um, just, just remind us, with the, your prior two rankings? This is my least favorite of okay. the three so far. And actually, it makes me... It, some of what Tori said was interesting because when you think of like these sort of Great Depression era like wanting songs, mm-hmm. like if you're looking at a couple others, you got like Tomorrow from Annie. Mm-hmm. He's got this one the same feel. Um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Like I wonder why this one just like did so poorly commercially compared to some of the other songs because this is certainly not the most famous song no. from this movie. And I think it might just be because her voice is so obnoxious. I mean, I think it's... Uh, even if we thought her voice was absolutely gorgeous it is an impossible song to sing along with yeah insofar mm. as it is like four octaves out of like the typical kids right. register yes where that's true like, everything happening in annie is just sung in the like genuine obnoxious voice of a child which i as a child was excellent at duplicating weren't we all uh it is now i guess my turn uh to to give my take on the song so i actually uh i'm gonna rake it second uh what is it beating out so uh well if you listened to the last episode you would have remembered that i have i'm wishing above one song so it is currently in second i'm putting it ahead of one song um and the reason is what we touched on earlier i really like the transition and the the snappy little trumpet part um instrumental when she's i like the how it's how it's uh you know animated i like the staging of it um and i really like how it advances the plot and that is one thing um how walt disney wanted all these songs to to really to not just be a break in the action he wanted them to move the plot along and i like how how this takes us from point a to the the dwarf's cottage um and I like that part. I mean, I agree that it's it's not a memorable song. Point at all. A being massive trauma and yeah. point B being, being sheer, <laughs> sheer euphoria. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Now, are you sure you're not just ranking this song higher than one song because it is a snappy trumpet part? Because I will judge you really hard if that's the case, and I think it might be. Um, I, I think you're misguided in in that judgment. I yeah. just saying that Beauty and the Beast has some beautiful flute parts, and that we'll talk about later. Yeah. But like. Still very, very much later. Merit otherwise. No, no. Very I, much later. I, I mean, I mean, this is this is part uh, artistic judgment, but also part uh, preference. I, I like the fact that that this one song could is a generic love man ballad that could be from any song and movie in any time in history. I like that this uh, this orchestration roots this in as I feel like the 1930s. I kind of like that. All right. I think it's cool. That's fair. Um, but it's still going to be in the C range for me. So I'm going to give it a C for Chipper. I think it's a Chipper little little ditty. <laughs> it is a Chipper ditty. No one would deny you that. But it's not as good as I'm wishing. Um, I mean, like, uh, we, we've already talked about that. Uh, I think that's a pretty good song. But uh, I have a sense that pretty soon we're going to start getting some, some real heavy hitters and some good contenders. Uh, I'm excited. With that being said, we will be back in our next episode uh, with whatever the fourth song in Snow Wade is. I, I don't know. We, we might have to wait a few, you know, hours or, or year, or not not years. We might have to wait <laughs> a, a few, like you know, a few minutes or hours into the movie to get our next song, or it could be uh, immediately, like in five seconds. We don't know. Yeah, this could be an offer. We're not really sure yet. Yeah. Thank you again for joining us, Tori. Maybe we'll see hear you next time. Uh, maybe not. Uh, you'll have to tune in to find out in episode four. I, I will have to tune in to find out whether uh, you... Ch- yeah, you'll... <laughs> Tori Bat will have to tune in to find out if uh, 
Tori Bat will be featured on the next episode. An exciting <laughs> surprise for us all. Yeah. Uh, and we hope that the rest of you are back as well. But thank you for joining us here on episode three of Wish Upon a Star. This has been Front of the Lawyer. This has been Amanda, the person. And Tori Bat. And thank you for joining us on Wish a Pot of Star. May Woo! your eggs always be sunny side up. Wait, can you explain that to me more? Or Oh yeah, so like when you wish upon a star uh-huh. is a big Disney song. Right. But then it's when you wish a pot a star, because like podcasts. <laughs> I'm still... You know what? I'll go home. I'll do more research, and we'll talk about it more in the next episode.